Hello, this is Pastor Ryan Clark. You are listening to a message from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praises in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, today our readings featured stories from Jonah chapter 3, where we hear about what Jonah does after dealing with a pretty big fish, and Mark chapter 1, where Jesus tells some fishermen that they will be fishers of men. So I guess it is my responsibility today to talk about a little fishing. And frankly, you don't have to twist my arm at all to do that. There is basically nothing in the world that I would rather be talking about, and there are a few things that I would rather be doing. I could go fishing each and every day. It is something that I have been doing my entire life. Now, I see you looking at that picture of that big fish up there. And just to get this out of your head, after the sermon last night, everybody was asking me the same question. Was that a picture of you with that fish? No, it is not. I promise you, if I had caught that fish, my face would be front and center right now. But this is a picture of me fishing, oh, just a few years ago. Wow, what a beautiful smile, and what a beautiful catch. And speaking of beautiful smiles and a beautiful catch, there's a picture of my wife, Catherine, about the same age as I was in that last photo. She comes from a fishing family. I come from a fishing family, and we can't wait to make our family into a fishing family. We can't wait to teach our boys all about fishing. Now, when it comes to teaching about fishing, there are certainly a lifetime of lessons that can be learned. But the most important thing to creating a lifetime fisherman is simply getting them started in the first place. Unfortunately, what I've found over the years are there's three simple things that prevent people from taking up the sport of fishing in the first place. And they are rather simple things. I hear these all the time. First, people will say, well, pastor, fishing, it just really isn't for me. And they'll have a variety of excuses that go along with that. Well, let me tell you something. Fishing is for you. More on that in a minute. The second thing I'll hear, and I see this one all the time, people are simply just scared of the fish. You can get them out in the boat. You can get them to cast the line, maybe even reel that fish in. But don't make me do anything with the fish itself. And third, and this is related to number two, oftentimes if you suffer from number two, you also suffer from number three. People don't want to touch the bait. Don't make me touch that worm. Don't make me bait that hook. Over and over again, I'll see these three simple things keep people from taking up fishing. Now, interestingly enough, as I look at our readings today, those stories, I fully believe that these are also the three simple things that stop people from being fishers of men. Now, what exactly does Jesus mean when he says to his disciples, you are going to be fishers of men? Let's not overcomplicate this. This is really, really simple. When Jesus says you are to be fishers of men, he simply means he wants you to win people for him. This is disciples making disciples. This is winning souls for Jesus. This is telling people how Jesus has changed your life and how he can change their lives too. It's evangelism. That's what fishing for men is. And it's a rather important thing, isn't it? Telling other people, about Jesus. And we don't want simple things to get in the way of us doing just that. And so what we're going to do over the next few minutes is we're going to look at those passages in our readings today, the 
story of Jonah and the big fish and Jesus calling his first disciples. We're going to look at some surrounding passages and other passages in the Bible in general. And as we look at these words, I fully expect it will remove these barriers for you and you will be more excited about doing a little fishing. So we're going to start by removing barrier number one, thinking fishing isn't for you. Raise your hand if you would say that, Pastor, fishing, it just isn't for me. Anybody in here? Ah, so disappointing. Well, let me tell you something. Actually, just look at this picture for a second here. What about that picture does not look appealing to you? I guarantee you that guy is having the time of his life out there as that photo is taken. Fishing is for you for many reasons. One, if you enjoy spending time outdoors, fishing is for you. If you need to learn a little patience, fishing is for you. I promise you it will help you grow in your patience. If you want to relax and unwind, if you enjoy feelings of achievement, fishing is for you. It is a great feeling of achievement, reeling in the big boy when you're out fishing in the boat. If you want to learn more about nature, if you want to form special bonds with friends and family, if you enjoy having fun, fishing is for you. Have I told you lately that fishing is for you? You know what else is for you? Fishing for men. Not because I say so, but because Jesus very clearly says that fishing for men, disciples making disciples, and my mouth shall declare your praises in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, today our readings featured stories from Jonah chapter 3, where we hear about what Jonah does after dealing with a pretty big fish, and Mark chapter 1, where Jesus tells some fishermen that they will be fishers of men. So I guess it is my responsibility today to talk about a little fishing. And frankly, you don't have to twist my arm at all to do that. There is basically nothing in the world that I would rather be talking about. And there are a few things that I would rather be doing. I could go fishing each and every day. It is something that I have been doing my entire life. Now, I see you looking at that picture of that big fish up there. And just to get this out of your head, after the sermon last night, everybody was asking me the same question. Was that a picture of you with that fish? No, it is not. I promise you, if I had caught that fish, my face would be front and center right now. But this is a picture of me fishing, oh, just a few years ago. Wow, what a beautiful smile. And what a beautiful catch. And speaking of beautiful smiles and a beautiful catch, there's a picture of my wife, Catherine, about the same age as I was in that last photo. She comes from a fishing family. I come from a fishing family. And we can't wait to make our family into a fishing family. We can't wait to teach our boys all about fishing. Now, when it comes to teaching about fishing, there are certainly a lifetime of lessons that can be learned. But the most important thing to creating a lifetime fisherman is simply getting them started in the first place. Unfortunately, what I found over the years are there's three simple things that prevent people from taking up the sport of fishing in the first place. And they are rather simple things. I hear these all the time. First, people will say, well, pastor, fishing, it just really isn't for me. And they'll have a variety of excuses that go along with that. Well, let me tell you something. Fishing is for you. More on that in a minute. The second thing I'll hear, and I see this one all the time, people are simply just scared of the fish. You can get them out in the boat. You can get them to cast the line, maybe even reel that fish in. But don't make me do anything with the fish itself. 
And third, and this is related to number two, oftentimes if you suffer from number two, you also suffer from number three. People don't want to touch the bait. Don't make me touch that worm. Don't make me bait that hook. Over and over again, I'll see these three simple things keep people from taking up fishing. Now, interestingly enough, as I look at our readings today, those stories, I fully believe that these are also the three simple things that stop people from being fishers of men. Now, what exactly does Jesus mean when he says to his disciples, you are going to be fishers of men? Let's not overcomplicate this. This is really, really simple. When Jesus says you are to be fishers of men, he simply means he wants you to win people for him. This is disciples making disciples. This is winning souls for Jesus. This is telling people how Jesus has changed your life and how he can change their lives too. It's evangelism. That's what fishing for men is. And it's a rather important thing, isn't it? Telling other people about Jesus. And we don't want simple things to get in the way of us doing just that. And so what we're going to do over the next few minutes is we're going to look at those passages in our readings today, the story of Jonah and the big fish and Jesus calling his first disciples. We're going to look at some surrounding passages and other passages in the Bible in general. And as we look at these words, I fully expect it will remove these barriers for you and you will be more excited about doing a little fishing. So we're going to start by removing barrier number one, thinking fishing isn't for you. Raise your hand if you would say that, Pastor, fishing, it just isn't for me. Anybody in here? Ah, oh, so disappointing. Well, let me tell you something. Actually, just look at this picture for a second here. What about that picture does not look appealing to you? I guarantee you that guy is having the time of his life out there as that photo is taken fishing is for you for many reasons. One, if you enjoy spending time outdoors, fishing is for you. If you need to learn a little patience, fishing is for you. I promise you it will help you grow in your patience. If you want to relax and unwind, if you enjoy feelings of achievement, fishing is for you. It is a great feeling of achievement, reeling in the big boy when you're out fishing in the boat. If you want to learn more about nature, if you want to form special bonds with friends and family, if you enjoy having fun, fishing is for you. Have I told you lately that fishing is for you? You know what else is for you? Fishing for men. Not because I say so, but because Jesus very clearly says that fishing for men, disciples making disciples, it is for you. We see that in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where Jesus says, therefore go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. These words that Jesus speaks, it's called his great commission. And he speaks these words to his disciples and all those who would become his disciples. That's you, that's me. It is our job as disciples to make disciples which means according to the Great Commission, it is your mission to do a little fishing. And yet, and yet, even though Jesus commands us to do this, I hear excuses all the time for people not to tell other people about Jesus. Here is a couple of my favorite ones that I hear over and over again. I'll hear people say, well, pastor, I tell other people about Jesus, but I just don't know enough. I'm just not smart enough when it comes 
to the Bible. Or pastor, I tell other people about Jesus, but no one will listen to me because, and they'll have a variety of excuses after that. No one will listen to me because of my past. There's some kind of sin that everyone knows about. No one will listen to me because of that. No one will listen to me because I'm just too plain old ordinary. Well, let me tell you something. These excuses, they don't fly, not at all. Especially considering, as we look at our readings today, who Jesus calls to be some of his first disciples. Take a look at who Jesus' fishing buddies are. They are uneducated. They are lowly for the most part. Many of them are fishermen, not the highest status job in that society. And several of them have pretty dark and sinful pasts. In fact, look at what Peter says to Jesus when Jesus first tells him that he is going to be a disciple that makes disciples. In Luke 5, 8, it says that Peter fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Jesus dismisses this. He practically laughs it off and says, don't be afraid. From now on, Peter, you're going to fish for people. Fishing for men it is for you. Jesus says it is. No excuses are going to fly. So that's barrier number one, hopefully removed. Simple thing number two that stops people from taking up fishing, being scared of the fish. I see this all the time out in the boat with newbie or would-be fishermen. They're a little scared of the fish. Do you relate to either of the two children in these photos? Is that you when you are confronted with a fish? If so, I believe you're suffering from a wee bit of a condition. I would call it ichthyophobia. That is the irrational fear of fish. Anyone in here a little bit of an ichthyophobiac? Well, if that's you, you have a lot in common with an ichthyophobiac in our readings today. That would be Jonah. In Jonah, we see a man who is scared of the fish. We see that right as his story starts in Jonah 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah was having none of it. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed towards Tarshish. In Jonah, we see a man who's scared of the fish. Now, we're not talking about actual fish here, even though he does have a pretty traumatic experience with a rather big fish. In Jonah, we see a man who is scared to go after the people that God told him to fish for. He is scared of those Ninevites. And if we know the story of the Ninevites, maybe you say Jonah has a little bit of a reason to be an ichthyophobia. If you go all the way back to 2 Kings 17, you can see the story of how Israel falls to the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire rolls into Israel. They take him out, commit all kinds of war crimes, and atrocities. You know what the capital city was of that Assyrian empire? That would be the great city of Nineveh, which means that Jonah's friends and family probably had some pretty negative interactions with the Ninevites. Maybe Jonah had some friends and family that were taken out by the Ninevites. And now God goes to Jonah and says, Jonah, I need you to fish for these men. Jonah's got to be thinking, are you kidding me? You want me to go and tell these fish that they need to repent, that they are sinners? No way. He's got to have a couple of questions rolling through his mind. He's got to be wondering, what will they do to me if I go there? 
how might they react? These fish, they're pretty unpredictable. You know, I think when we realize that that great commission applies to us, that we too are to be fishers of men, and then we consider the ones that God has sent us to fish for, we feel a little bit like Jonah. I think sometimes we start asking ourselves the same questions when we are confronted with the fact that we are to tell our non-believing friends and family about Jesus. We start wondering, how might they react? What might they do to me? Now, we might not be scared of physical harm like Jonah was, but we are worried about what they're going to do to us. Maybe you think, well, are they going to lash out at me? Are they going to make fun of me? Are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to not want to have anything to do with me? If this is you, if you're a little scared of the fish, if you're a little bit of an ichthyophobiac, I think one of the best things that you could do is dig into God's word and start to memorize some of his promises that will bring you faith and courage as you live out that great commission. Here are a couple of my favorites that I think will help you. This one's from Deuteronomy 31.6. It's something God says to the Israelites, and I think it applies to you as you live out the great commission. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. As you live out the Great Commission, God promises that he goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Memorize that. Repeat that to yourself. It's going to build faith as you live out your fishing mission. How about another one here? Isaiah 55, 11. He says, my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Or more simply said in Luke 1, for no word from God will ever fail. In other words, as you go out to your non-believing friends and family and speak God's word into their lives, he promises that he is going to use you. He's going to use you in some way, shape, or form. You might not see it, but he is using you. He's gonna use you and he is with you as you do this. He will never leave you nor forsake you. There is no reason to be in fear of the fish. So that's barrier number two. Number three, a simple thing that stopped people from taking up fishing, not wanting to touch the bait. This is another phobia that maybe you suffer from. It's something called scolecophobia, and that is the irrational fear of worms. Let me tell you something. If you are going to be a successful fisherman, this is something that you need to get over this particular fear. Because let's face it, it's pretty tough to catch fish if you are unwilling to put bait on the hook. Which begs the question, when it comes to being a fisher of men, a fisher of people, what is the bait that we are to use? The answer to this, it's pretty simple, and maybe not my best metaphor ever because I'm about to compare Jesus to a pile of worms, but the bait is Jesus Christ himself. More specifically, the good news of how Jesus changes your life each and every day. If you want to be a successful fisher of men, a successful evangelist, answer that question in your own life and then tell it to other people. You need to know the answer. How does Jesus transform my life each and every day? Consider that question for just a second. Think about it. And while you're thinking about it, consider my very important point of the day. 
the best way to tell others about how Jesus transforms your life each and every day, and this is not rocket science here, is to actually spend time with him each and every day and have your life transformed by him each and every day. As you spend time with Jesus each and every day, it is life-changing and life-transforming. As you do that, you get to experience the cross each and every day and what Jesus did for you on that cross, dying for your sins. You get to experience his forgiveness anew every day. As you spend time with Jesus daily, you get his guidance daily. You get his peace daily. That is life-changing and life-transforming. As you spend time with Jesus daily, you have your faith built daily. As you hear his truths daily, that is life-changing and life-transforming. And as your life is changed daily in these ways, it is going to make you an oh so much more effective fisher of men. Why? Because people will see all the more that you are truly transformed daily and they are gonna be much more likely to listen to you when the proof is in the pudding. And beyond that, you'll be better able to speak the truths about Jesus that they need to hear because you'll actually know them yourselves. And there's an added bonus to all of this that makes you more effective as a fisher of men. As you spend more time around Jesus, you're going to know where to cast for fish all the more. If you've never been fishing before, perhaps you don't know this, but you can't just go out in the lake, in the middle of the lake, drop a line and hope for the best. You could do that, I guess, but you probably wouldn't have a lot of success. You're looking for specific things out there on that body of water. Maybe the way the water is flowing, maybe a specific rock formation, maybe a drop-off point. Now, how do you learn where to look for these things? How do you learn where to cast? I can tell you how I learned where to cast. I learned where to cast by going fishing with my dad. I learned where to cast by fishing with my father, the man who almost certainly took all of those photos up there. I listened to what he had to say, and I learned where to cast. In a very similar sense, we learn where to cast as fishers of men by listening to our heavenly father. Going to him, asking him, Lord, what would you have for me today? Who would you have me talk to about your son? And then actually spending the time to listen to what he has to say. Now, a word of warning here. Sometimes God is going to tell you to cast in pretty surprising places. He's going to tell you to talk to somebody that you would have never thought of on your own. You're going to say, really? That person? I'm not so sure about that. But listen to him. Listen to his fishing advice, and you just might get to experience what Jonah did. Jonah, he was told to cast in a pretty surprising place, wasn't he? Nineveh, a people that were totally opposed to God, a very, very evil group of people. And Jonah, at first, he didn't want to listen to this fishing advice, but ultimately, he does. Jonah cast where God said he should, and let's face it, he had a pretty good day of fishing, didn't he? In fact, it says that all of the Ninevites repented. In fact, even the animals put on sackcloth and ashes, it says in Jonah 3, the city was so repentant. That is a good day of fishing. Now, with all of this in mind, does that mean that every day will be a good day? Of fishing. No, I can fully tell you there are some slow days out there, and there are going to be some slow days as fishers of men. But I promise you, as you overcome these barriers, you will catch fish. 
as you realize that fishing for men, it is for you because Jesus says it is for you. As you spend more and more time around those fish and become less and less scared of them, realizing that God keeps his promises, that he is with you and that he is using you, you're going to catch more fish. And as you spend time around the bait that is Jesus Christ, having your life transformed and then going out and transforming the lives of others, you will catch more fish. So St. John's family, let's get fishing. May we do these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. If you would like more information about St. John's and any of our ministries to our community and beyond, you can go to our website, www.stjohnsbuffalo.org. Thank you and God bless you.